Hello, pod people. I'm DA, and welcome to Millennial Edition. Thanks for joining us. Since February is the month where we celebrate love, there's no better time to discuss love, especially as it pertains to millennial dating habits, marriage, and how we love. We will spend all month discussing love, so in this episode, we will start out with defining what love is and hopefully how we can do it better. As always, remember to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on Twitter to be a part of the discussion. Okay, so let's dive right in. So the best place I think to start when discussing a topic like love, because there's so much there, is with its definition, so that we can all be on the same page. So simply put, the dictionary defines love as an intense feeling of deep affection or great interest or pleasure in something. They also define love as feeling a deep romantic or sexual attachment to someone. So I'm cool with all of these definitions. I think that most people would agree with at least one, if not all of the ways in which love is defined and can relate in some way to feeling that way. You know, if they are lucky, of course, at some point in time in their life. But although people might know this definition, I'm not sure our generation truly fully understands what it means to love another person, especially in the sense of a romantic partner and how to be successful at loving. So let's look at some statistics to give you all a better sense as to why I and some people feel that way. One of the more shocking statistics that have circulated regarding millennial love was reported by the Daily Mail. A survey conducted by a Paris-based company named Havas reported that in a sampling of 12,000 18 to 34-year-olds worldwide, 27% of them would prefer to have a romantic connection with a robot than an actual person and can see themselves having one in the future. Yet 70% of the surveyed group acknowledged that they believe their own smartphones were weak human bonds. The study also showed a rising trend in males particularly having a preference for the lives they live on social media rather than the real lives they actually live. And I find this all very fascinating. We are living in a time where we have more tools than ever to connect us as a society and communicate with each other. But instead of trending towards the increase in connectivity, we're trending towards loving the tools that connect us and not the humans we can connect with. Perhaps this is why a Gallup poll showed that out of the 73 million millennials living in the United States, the majority, a whopping 59%, are single and have never been married. And psychologists and anthropologists have taken notice to study the ripple effects of what this will mean for us as a society as a whole. So Dr. Helen Fisher, who is an anthropologist who studies romance and love, she was discussing millennial dating habits with the New York Times. And she characterized our generation as, in quotes, fast sex, slow love, end quote. What she noticed about our dating habits, which we all have to admit are true, is that we are quick to hit the sheets, but are more cautious when it comes to making serious lifelong commitments to each other or getting, you know, serious in our relationships. And what Dr. Fisher and all of those special much smarter than me, have noticed is that this trend has shown that our generation is getting married much later than all the previous generations if we even get married at all. 
And because of this trend, they have noticed another fascinating trend, that although our generation is known to hit the sheets quicker, the polls are showing overall that we are having less sex than the prior generations. Now think of that. We literally have Tinder and Bumble where we can have sex on demand, but overall, we still are having less sex, though it is more readily available to us. And so this feeds into another trend. Studies show that as companies like Toys R Us are going bankrupt, millennials are having less babies much later than the prior generations. Studies show that birth rates among women in their 20s dropped by 15%. Now, there are a host of reasons why millennials are delaying starting families, from student loan debt, lower salaries, a desire to establish a, a solid career and see the world first, you know, all of that. But in looking back at how all of these trends in the millennial generation feed into each other, Dr. Fisher attributes the decline in our intimacy to the fact that such a large portion of our generation are not currently living with a spouse or a partner. And so at first, my reaction, probably like most of you listening is, it's probably because we just don't want to and do not look at marriage the same way that the prior generations looked at it. And I think to some extent that might be true. However, a Gallup poll revealed that a whopping 86% of millennials desired to get married someday. So essentially, a majority of millennials want to be in a long-term, fulfilling, healthy relationship. So perhaps, and dare I say it, something might be wrong with us on this front because if the majority of us want to be married or in a long-term relationship, but we are showing more affection for robots and our smartphones rather than another actual human, and we are quick to have sex hook up, but in all actuality we are having less sex overall, then perhaps we need to explore this more and see if we can get on the right track for having the type of satisfying, fulfilling relationships that we all want. So let's start off slow and simple and evaluate the way in which we love because it is my guess that perhaps our issue starts here. And I'm not just talking about the way we fall in love with a potential romantic partner. I'm talking about how we love in general because I think it all ties in together and I'm not so sure that we are doing it right. I mean, I think we are probably much better at sex than we are at love, which is probably why we are more inclined to hook up than nurture a healthy loving relationship. So let's look back at the definition of love. So what I got out of the definition is that it defines love as, as a feeling. And I think that is very accurate for the most part. Just quickly, a feeling is, you know, an emotional state or reaction. And I think we all know what that means. But I think our generation is taking the definition of love too literally and truly believing that unless our emotions tell us that we feel love, then it is not love. And thus we pick up and move on to the next. And in some cases, when we have decided we don't feel love. It leads us to act in certain ways that mistreat or lower the dignity of the other person. So let's see if we can all get on the same page and see if we can maybe lower some of the high percentages of millennials who are in fact single, but actually want to be in a healthy, successful, loving, long-term relationship. Because as the saying goes, you all know the quote, you know, love is a many splendored thing. And studies have shown this, that there are actual health benefits to being in love. So if we get this right, we could potentially be prolonging our own lives and not just to live it and simply exist, but to live a happier and healthier life. Studies have shown that couples who are in a loving and stable, healthy relationship, so not the quick Hollywood movie style whirlwind romance, actually have found to have lower levels of depression, substance abuse, blood pressure, anxiety, stress, and even their wounds healed faster. 
So let's address maybe some of the patterns that we see in the millennial generation that are undermining our chances at love. So from my own experiences with love and dating and from the types of conversations that I've had with other millennials, there appears to be a lack of consideration for another human being. For instance, let's take ghosting. And for all those who may not be familiar with the term, ghosting is defined by a person that you are friends with or maybe have have been seeing, usually in a romantic sense, that ends all communication with you suddenly and out of the blue with no explanation as to why and certainly with no caring or regard on the impact that it has on you. They just disappear like a ghost. And this practice has been normalized in the millennial dating culture. A survey showed that about 80% of millennials reported having been ghosted at least once. Many of my millennial friends have reported to have been seeing a romantic potential for a period of time, sometimes for weeks and even months. Then all of a sudden, with no explanation, they get ghosted on, leaving them completely shocked and bewildered. Now, don't get me wrong. There are times when ghosting is just necessary, especially when it affects your health or your safety. So aside from these extreme examples, but 80% is a steep number, which tells me that our generation has adopted a practice that essentially is unhealthy and low the dignity of another person simply because everyone is doing it to each other. So if the stats are correct that the majority of millennials want to be in healthy, loving relationships that lead to an overall well-being in our lives, we're going to have to stop doing that. Truly loving humanity means seeing another person as you would see your own self and treating them that way. I'm not sure about you, but even if a potential partner did not like me, I wouldn't want them to just vanish into thin air like a David Blaine magic trick. I think as millennials, millennials, we are now all adult age and we need to evolve and elevate ourselves. Seriously, if we cannot master starting and stopping dates and or relationships with dignity and use effective communication skills that speak our truth but considers the other person, then we will never master love. And that is what we need to consider. Ask yourself, if the world were reversed, would I want this person to treat me the way I am about to treat this person right now? You cannot have an overall lack of consideration for others and find true lasting love. Which is why many people smarter than I have studied this idea of love, especially in regards to relationships. And some have concluded that love is simply not limited by just what we feel. That love is a choice, so there must be some action on your part when it comes to loving another person. And I'm not just talking about the physical passion or the romantic gestures like flowers and candy, though both of those things are great. I'm talking about actualizing love by putting someone else above your own self, even if you don't always feel like it or want to. Even if your feelings tell you that you don't always like them, even if and when you need to break up with them or love them from a distance, because love doesn't always mean you end up together. It's the consideration of someone else and empathizing with them and figuring out how best to interact with that person that builds them up and doesn't lower their dignity. When two people who have decided to move towards love do this, having this type of consideration for the other, our society tends to notice it. They have a more satisfying, loving relationship. They still have problems and have to work through things like any normal couple, but they experience an overall more satisfying relationship. That type of relationship is romanticized and it's the stuff that Hollywood movies are made of, but I don't believe that it cannot be attainable in our generation. I just think we have to work for it. 
Now, I'm not saying that one person should always put another above themselves because we know that there are those in society who love people so deeply that they put others above themselves constantly. And not just in romantic relationships, but in all relationships. So much so that they lose themselves and their emotional cups run empty from always pouring themselves into others' lives without really receiving the same in return. For those people, I would suggest seeking the advice of a relationship expert or maybe a trained psychologist who can provide you with insight on how you can love more efficiently and seek partners who will give you that same level of love in return. Because even though I think you should love regardless of whether you receive it in return, I think you can have a balanced, mutually loving relationship. When I say love regardless of whether you receive it in return, I'm not talking about unrequited love. I'm talking about a concept of love that is much deeper and speaks more for how one views and treats humanity overall. I'm talking about a love that takes an active choice or some work. I don't know about any of you, but if I left my ability to love up to my feelings, I probably would never experience love. My feelings change constantly and just about for everything. One day I could eat every pastry I see in a bakery because my feelings have a strong desire for sweets. And the next day, those same pastries in the very same bakery could repulse me because my feelings waned and started craving something else. Now think what would happen if I applied that to love. If I went by my feelings, I would be in and out of love every week. We cannot allow the changes in our feelings to dictate the way in which we love each other. We need to strive for that transformative kind of love. You know, the kind of love that makes you a better person and everyone around you better as well. The kind of love that seeks the courage to say sorry and the strength to forgive. The kind of love that does not make wrong permissible, but compassion and grace abundant. It's the kind of love that is kind and treats another person the way in which you would want to be treated. It's the kind of love that makes you consider the impact you are making on another person's life. And as millennials, we have to be honest with ourselves and ask that. We cannot allow a lack of consideration for another person to become our norm if we want to have success with love. Now I know we can't control the world around us, but we certainly can control the way in which we interact with each other, especially in our dating habits. And we certainly have control over the way in which we love each other, even if and when we choose not to be with a partner. So for those millennials who are listening that don't want to die alone and want to move towards a happy, healthy, loving relationship that actually has some longevity and lasts longer than a one night stand, ask yourselves, how well are you at loving humanity in general? How do you treat someone that you are interested in? How do you treat someone you are not interested in or have lost interest in? What are some things that others have done that have made you feel as if you do not have worth or that you felt has lowered your dignity? This question in particular might help you spot that type of person in advance so that you can avoid them. But then ask yourself, on the last date or any of your past dates, did you behave in a way that lowered the dignity of that person? Now ask yourself, how do you want to be loved? And are you ready and courageous to love another person even when your feelings might not always feel it? Will you choose love when people don't always measure up and disappoint you? Now, practice loving by going out and showing another person love. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Millennial Edition, and I look forward to engaging with you all soon.